0: That helps uh, the show climb up the rankings and helps more people uh, find it. So, thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Bryce Suzuki. Bryce, are you ready to do this? I am ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Bryce is the managing partner of the Phoenix office of Brian Cave, Leighton Paisner. He is a he has a wide range of specialty areas, including crypto and distributed ledger technology i'm excited to have you on bryce tell us a little bit about your personal life some more about your work and why you do what you do
1: great thank you for having me uh, i'm excited to be on uh, so i am a commercial lawyer uh, for brian cave i manage our phoenix office as you mentioned um, i really got involved in the law on the finance side and the uh, including insolvency, bankruptcy, companies, troubled companies, and that led to a whole bunch of of different areas, uh, including uh, in 2014, uh, an entree into cryptocurrency, blockchain, uh, and related technologies, and found it just absolutely fascinating, and have been developing a practice in that area ever since, and in fact, teach a, a course at the ASU Law School on blockchain law and policy.
0: Nice, It must be fascinating. Um, to be working in an industry that is I, I imagine in its infancy and have the opportunity to to maybe be building a lot of the structure of the law around it.
1: Yeah, you know that that's exactly right. Um, and one of the things that I teach in in the law school course, is that these young law students coming out of law school now really have an opportunity to help focus the policy around blockchain technology and help define the law and regulations around blockchain technology. And there is a huge need for that uh, at the moment where a lot of things are, remain undefined. I think we're, we're getting there, and I'm pleased that the regulators haven't totally stifled this. Uh, to the contrary, I think they've they've embraced the technology and see a lot of its potential. Uh, But it's a balancing act because it is, as with any new technology, something that can be used for, you know, ill-gotten purposes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when we talk about regulators, is it, is it federal, is it federal regulators? Have we gotten to the point where there is a, a worldwide body that's, that's giving guidance?
1: We haven't gotten to the worldwide body concept yet, and that is part of the challenge because this is so global. Uh, with the stroke of uh, a mouse click or the stroke of a, uh, an internet button, um, <laughs> you can really you know, transact across country boundaries and across the globe, and that's one of the things that we're gonna have to grapple with and resolve as we move forward. In this country, it's largely been the federal regulators to this point, and it's been you know, everyone from the IRS to the SEC to FinCEN, um, the Federal Reserve Board, which is technically not a regulator, but they've gotten involved because the cryptocurrency side of things obviously impacts their ability to affect monetary policy if the scale of something like Bitcoin gets as large as, as it potentially could get. So there's a lot of activity, the SEC in particular, has been particularly active around ICOs, which are initial coin offerings and and other uh, securities-type regulations, and I think rightfully so.
0: There's so many different things to, I mean, every time you think about the IRS, obviously from a tax perspective and, and how that's going to work, securities and exchange commissions, everything that's going on with that, but then, what popped into my head was organizations like like the FBI and the the ATF. I'm sure that they'd be interested and have a, a very vested interest in understanding and, and having input in, in in how this is all going to be regulated.
1: Absolutely, and you know the the beauty and also the curse of of crypto is its you know quasi anonymity,
0: yeah. the
1: ability to uh, transact without knowing the identity of the person on the other end and without the need for a trusted intermediary like a bank or an escrow company. And that obviously poses dangers for terrible things. Uh, terrorism, mm-hmm. um, you know, money laundering, and so you're, you're exactly right. And one of the early high profile cases was Silk Road which is basically a website of illicit goods that you could pay for with crypto and they got very sophisticated very early using Bitcoin to to buy these things. And that was shut down by the FBI. It's an absolutely fascinating uh, story. And it's actually chronicled in a a book that I'd recommend to to all of your listeners Uh, just for the entertainment and educational value. It's called uh, 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 Digital Gold. Uh, And it's just fascinating, written by uh, Wall Street Journal reporters. And um, one of the best reads I've had the pleasure of reading over the last couple of years.
0: Oh wow! I'll definitely check that out. So, do you think that that we've reached the point where, like, this is going to be a major part of 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 how we transact things moving forward? It's 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 reached the tipping point of being a fad that's that's going away.
1: I, I think you know, there's there's sort of this the the theory of the hype cycle where. The technology is introduced and the early adopters uh, sort of bring it forward and then it gets overhyped. And then there's sort of this downslope period where people sort of write it off, but then it stabilizes. And and I think we're right in sort of that downsloping area. And I think what we're going to see is some stabilization not necessarily around cryptocurrency which i think will continue to be extremely volatile and may go the way of of the dinosaur Uh, but the underlying technology blockchain i think will be a transformative technology that touches on many day-to-day aspects of our lives uh, for all kinds of different transactions Uh, some of the Use cases that that I think excite a lot of people really surround uh, supply chain management, food tracking, uh, diamonds, you know, De Beers uh, is implementing a a distributed ledger that helps them track the source of diamonds so that people uh, want conflict free diamonds. They're able to use blockchain technology and really track a diamond from source all the way to the showroom. And I think we're going to see that with food service and with food suppliers where, you know, you've got a batch of contaminated lettuce. Well, you can through blockchain technology, which is sort of self executing and self recording at the touch of a button, see where that batch of lettuce from that source went and where it sits on shelves right now. So I think the companies that are developing those kinds of technologies really are going to be the winners here. And they are, I think, going to transform the way we think about goods and services and the way we conduct our day-to-day lives.
0: Got it. And those are two really good examples right there. Um, so if, if you just, for, from a really practical standpoint, um, if we're talking about I, th- I think you let's just say Diamond Company um, XYZ, or let's just use De Beers as the example. So in in this example, they probably own diamond mines, and so they would be able to say, "Hey, this this um, five ounce diamond came out of the ground here. It then was was given to the." I'm going to do a terrible job because I've never really thought about what the steps to, to getting a diamond to market are. But it, it then went to party B and then to party C, and now it's actually for sale?
1: Yeah, no, that, that's right. And, and so if you think about the way supply chains currently run, I mean, it, it is an extremely difficult labor-intensive process. And there's actually a, a, a professor at uh, ASU School of Management who has worked on supply chain-based technologies using the blockchain for some time. And you know, if you think about a can of soda, I'll just change it from diamonds to a can of soda. If you have a QR code that's stamped, just like the UPC label is stamped, right, for the grocery store scanners, yep. if you have a Q- QR code that you can scan, any consumer can scan with his or her smartphone on your can of whatever, Diet Pepsi, Diet Coke, whatever it is, and that can pull up all of the information that is automatically input into a database using blockchain technology. And it can tell you where they got the aluminum for the can, where they got the water and how the water was sourced, where the ingredients came from, where it was bottled or canned and where it was shipped and purchased that's pretty mind-blowing. Um,
0: yeah, okay. And,
1: and that, you know, we don't have that currently, but that is the potential of, of blockchain to be able to inform consumers and to store that information in a self-executing way without the need to, for people to be, you know, ha- hand-punching in and looking at that chain of title, so to speak.
0: Wow, that is, uh, yeah, That's that's absolutely fascinating. It just, what was flashing through my head as 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 you were talking about the just how you would know the aluminum came from here, the water, the sugar—it was on a truck for this long. It's been sitting here, is that there's going to be very 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 little, for lack of a better term, privacy moving forward. We're just going to know everything.
1: <laughs> well, and that's that's the other edge of the sword, right? Yeah. Um, and and so you know, there's there's a big movement in in the medical records space. Um, to use blockchain technology as, as stores of information that that people can access. So if I go from doctor A to doctor B and that person needs my medical charts, if I grant permission, can that doctor B tap into a national database stored on a blockchain that automatically updates? Those kinds of ideas are great, but if, if those records fall into the wrong hands, then you've, you've you've got real issues and so there are there are lots of challenges around this and you know EU data compliance is going to be a challenge the right to remain anonymous under the EU regulations how can you erase out something out of a blockchain if the blockchain is permanent and immutable so there are a number of challenges but but you're absolutely right the privacy issues um, these are all gonna be things that we have to grapple with but I think you know given the pace of innovation and the incentives for companies to come up with these solutions, both financial and just from their their own policy perspectives, I think we're going to see some pretty rapid innovation in the space
0: yeah I, 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 I can only imagine and the amount of spending that that's that's going on I think I read this morning that um, that major companies were spending probably around three billion dollars this year on blockchain technologies and that was up eighty eight percent from twenty eighteen. So I can't imagine that those numbers aren't just going to get exponentially bigger and bigger.
1: I think that's right. It, and when you sort of peel the onion and look at the potential of this technology, it, it really is kind of an existential threat to to various sectors. And so I I think we're seeing some of those companies in those sectors saying, well, we can manage the disruption by doing our own R and D and developing this technology for our benefit, or we can be disrupted by a third party company that basically makes us obsolete. Uh, things like title companies, right? Um, you know, any anywhere where you have a, the need for a third party intermediary, blockchain can obviate the, the need for that. And so these these are the kinds of companies, you know, large banking institutions, they're looking at crypto, alternative currencies, um, you have just a ton of of resources being put into R&D. And because of those incentives, again, you're absolutely right. It's exponential year over year, the kinds of of, uh, things that are being developed and and the resources being thrown at development. So again, the the potential technology is so transformative that I think once people understand that, companies understand that, they have no choice but to throw money and and innovate or become obsolete.
0: Right. And balancing the risk, right. Of, of if I am XYZ bank and I am one of the wealthiest corporations in the world right now. And so therefore I'm not just going to stay where I am and put my head in the sand. I'm going to try to be one of the innovators in this space. All that being said, if we do migrate to this this new platform, this uh, this blockchain platform, and then all the users' information is exposed, uh, it's it's just it's it's interesting to me talking to, or thinking about, you know, it's just we almost have to do it, but then when we do do it and and we expose, the, like, how harsh will the penalties be? Um, and what will the consequences be when everybody's information is of, is, is when one company has so many people's information available and then it gets some kind of a breach, I guess, I guess it's already happening, but
1: yeah, you know, the, the difference is data data breach law is, is really a field unto itself. And because right now we, we have trusted, trusted intermediaries, um, they're almost more prone now to those kinds of attacks than they would be in a blockchain if the blockchain is managed appropriately. Um, the one thing that the blockchain offers, I think that traditional ledger systems like a bank account doesn't offer, is immutability. You you really can't go back and change it. And so it, it it's less susceptible to fraud, the record keeping, um, is self executing hmm. the margin of human error is virtually zero I don't want to say zero, but virtually zero and you know if they're maintained properly, they offer some advantages several advantages in fact over the the current systems that we have, the problem it will be how much do you trust institution a to keep that ledger? Um, with all of that immutable information. And to me it's it's almost you know the same question of right now, how much do you trust name a company, uh, company X uh, with your information. Um, what, that would not be resolved by use of blockchain, but the accuracy of the record keeping, the immutable characteristic of the ledger being kept, those kinds of things I think offer distinct advantages over what we have right now.
0: Got it. So what do you see as, as maybe one of the next or some coming legal battles?
1: Well, you know, the, the, the crypto space, so cryptocurrency specifically, which is sort of the, the genesis of, of blockchain technology in some ways, at least it's widespread use and adoption. I think we're gonna to continue to see significant volatility there, uh, Bitcoin yo-yos up and down. I think it's back up around $10,000. I remember giving a continuing legal education seminar uh, in 2016 and uh, thinking, gosh, you know, Bitcoin's now at $400. If it if it gets up around <laughs> 600 again, I think we'll be doing really well. And, of course, then uh, last year it took that sprint up to $20,000. And a lot of people we're throwing a lot of money at crypto assets uh, only to lose quite a lot of money, but it's back up to $10,000. I think we're going to continue to see volatility there. I think we're going to see brewing legal battles about wider spread adoption of cryptocurrency. Uh, The Federal Reserve has a vested interest, I think, in uh, ensuring that it can affect its monetary policies. And if... You know, a a large percentage of the country no longer uses fiat currency, U.S. Federal Reserve notes, uh, as their primary form of currency, affecting monetary policy by the issuing body, the Federal Reserve becomes far more difficult. And so, um, you know, we're already seeing some of that with some of the uh, cryptocurrency offerings that are that are being announced. And and I think we'll see more of that. And so the blockchain use. For things like supply chain, I think those are will have privacy and other issues, but I think the big legal battle upcoming is going to be around widespread adoption of cryptocurrency.
0: Got it. I think that makes a lot of sense. Well, Bryce, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them?
1: You know, the, the one thing, and, and we really didn't get to it uh, too much in, in our conversation, um, it's very, it can be very confusing as to what blockchain is. But if you just take a moment to try and understand what it is, which is essentially a shared ledger that self-authenticates and is self-executing, you will be far more educated than 90% of the population. So learn what blockchain is and what it does. And once you understand that and understand its potential, then you can make informed decisions about either investing in companies or using companies as a consumer.
0: Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Bryce, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Uh,
1: My website uh, for my law firm is www.bclplaw.com. And uh, thanks for having me on. It's great fun.
0: Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Bryce your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, you can find him at bclplaw.com. Thank you again, Bryce. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about... How do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out and go to George com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show.